everyone. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing in life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That is true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can check out my conversation with Andrea Barrett. That was a great conversation. Uh, what an interesting woman. And Well, it's up there on authormagazine.org, and we're funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. We just finished our yearly writers' conference, first live one since the pandemic went great. And uh, we're going to do a little extra virtual one, a little two-day thing at the end of October. I'm going to teach a couple classes in that as well as some other folks. So if you want to be a part of that, you know, go check it out at author, excuse me, at pnwa.org. Yeah, so uh, going to be teaching, going to be down in uh, Pasadena, Pasadena, California, in the end of October, towards the uh, 21st, 20th and 21st of October, teaching at the Writer's Digest novel writing conference. First time I've been back there since the pandemic. So I'm looking forward to that. Had a great time in Alaska. And, you know, just good to be out there with the people. Good to be meeting the people, mixing it up. Don't we miss it? Yeah, we do. Uh, so my guest this week, Sarah Wheeler, she, uh, oh, we had a, she's, a, she's a YA author, and we had a really cool conversation about writing for young people, if you're not so young anymore, and how you do that. And she's, I gotta say, she does a great job of capturing the voice of 16-year-olds. And uh, anyway, fun woman, interesting woman. Uh, she, uh, she grew up in Manhattan, Kansas, Sarah did, where she sang in all the choirs and wrote for the high school newspaper. She majored in voice performance at the University of Kansas before deciding she had no business trying to make a career as an opera singer. She then transferred to journalism school, where no one cares if you can hit a high C or convincingly play a Valkyrie, and became a reporter covering everything from house fires to Hollywood premieres. Now, these days, she writes event scripts and marketing copy while the sun is out. But by night, she writes books for young adults, including her most recent grave things like love. Yeah. So here it is, my conversation with Sarah Bennett Wheeler. Enjoy. All right. It's Sarah Bennett Wheeler. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I am very well. We were just discussing which book we're on. This is book published book number four. Congratulations. Yes. Drops Thank today. You. Well, we'll we'll drop on the day this is airing anyway. This is it. Yes, yes, awesome. All right, you're <laughs> out in the heartland in the middle of a, wait, no, are you still? Wait, you were you graduated there, but do you still still sort of in the middle of the country? Yeah, I'm in Ohio. So, I'm a Kansas That's, girl um uh, who ended up in Ohio. All right. <laughs> well, you didn't go Western. that far. You didn't go that far. Right. Um did you uh, so is there going to be publicity besides this kind of stuff? Will you leave the house for publicity? Will it be all virtual? How is that going to work? Uh, no, I actually am doing a launch event at Joseph Beth Booksellers here in Cincinnati. Um, right. Yeah, and they're they're wonderful. They're my favorite independent bookstore. So um, you. thank you to them for yeah. hosting it. Yeah, and I'll be in conversation with my good friend and critique partner, Jules Machias. They will be um, interviewing me. We're going to do some giveaways, and it'll be it'll be a good time. You got your critique partner interviewing you. 
Yes. Well, this this Jules it is, you said? Is that he or she Jules? Well, Jules, their um their pronouns are they. Them. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And yep. so are they are they uh they're privy though to all this? Yeah. So Jules uh just had a book come out um over the summer and they had another book come out like I think last year. So um, you know, we've been kind of on this journey together with each other. Okay. Uh, we so we started working together at an advertising agency and kind of realized that each of us was was trying to write novels at the same time. And so we've been um trading work back and forth and I helped them launch uh their first book, which called which was called uh Both Can Be True. And that was virtual because of COVID. And now they are going to come and help me uh, live, which I'm really excited about on Tuesday. That's great. That's great. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's back up just a little bit, though. Back up. Your so you you as, as you inferred, you have a day job and in, in advertising, more or less now, or yeah. kind of. All right. But initially, singing. This was the initial. This was the initial vision for Sarah. She was going to be not just singing, <laughs> but is it like? opera was that actually what the training was going to be for yeah you know I was a music kid um in high school and uh I you know I don't know I, I just felt like majoring in voice was the thing I should do and when mm -hmm. I got to college I I declared a voice major and and then when you're on that track at least back then it was kind of an opera track so um that was the only was, option not musical yeah. theater well, now, um, you know, there are schools like here at CCM in Cincinnati where they do have, um, and I apologize, my, my dog is barking and nobody's around. To wow. Get, All right. So he's, just, he's just going to, is he going to be, is this going to be, is he going to be with us for the whole conversation, do you think? I hope so. Actually, uh, you know what? I'm going to take him with me and I'll pick him up and, and uh, then that'll, that'll be quiet. All right. All right. So just for our listeners, Sarah is in search of her dog at this moment to see if her company will, he wants to be in the interview. All right, so Sarah, you're off to college. You, you'd yes. been singing in choirs and whatnot, and you were, and this was something you were good at, something people had praised you for, and you were like, yes. I assume, and you said, well, okay, this is what I do then. Yeah, yeah, so I got in, into it, and I realized pretty quickly a couple of things. One, um, I realized I just didn't really have the voice. I had a nice voice, but I didn't have a voice that was going to make me any sort of a stellar career. Right. Um, I also realized that I, you know, at the end of every semester, when you're a music major, you have to do what's called a jury where you sing for the whole music faculty and they grade you. And, and that would just, I had, I hated that so much. It filled me with so much anxiety. And I figured if I can't handle a jury for college, like, no way can I handle constant auditioning. And then the third right. thing I, realized was I I'm the kind of person that needs some more stability in my life and having to constantly audition and get turned down and not know where my next paycheck is coming from if I'm going to try to be a performer I, I I don't think I can do that so uh, writing was another thing that I did well and writing was also something that I always knew I could do um, so I, I transferred to journalism school Right. And then the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. And did you like being a journalist? Uh, I did when I was able to write the kinds of things I wanted to write, which was features and arts and entertainment. So I had one really great job in Missouri, Springfield, Missouri, where I was an arts and entertainment ah. reporter. Uh, I know Springfield, Missouri. Well, 
my, is that from there? No, but my my I have family down in the Ozarks, and so we would okay. always go through Springfield. And and my grandma lived in Columbia, so we'd go through Springfield. That was our route. Yes, Cable Rock Lake and all that. Okay, so you worked yeah. in Springfield. Okay, I loved it. I loved it. But then, but then, um, you know, be kind of sound. It was sandwiched in between two jobs. I, I did not like I, I oh. my first job was uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They, I was a transportation reporter, which actually kind of led me to the idea for grave things like love. Oh. And then, yeah, then I ended up in Cincinnati um, at the Enquirer kind of as a city reporter. And that led me to start writing novels because I kind of had this moment. I just remember I was sitting there in my um, living room and I had a long day at the at the newspaper and I was like you know what if I don't sit down and write something that that was not assigned by an editor that's not about a city council meeting or a zoning dispute <laughs> 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 that, that's not due by five o'clock right after like I I was like I'm gonna have a mental health yeah. issue yeah. so I, I went and sat down and started writing my novels <laughs> yeah you know it's a funny thing I studied journalism for about a month in college and I mean yeah. I was on the school newspaper but I realized because I wanted to be a creative writer that was my and I thought oh this is not creative writing it's like it's no. not it it's okay you know I know people do it and they love it and they're good at it but I was like this is takes a whole different thing and it didn't come from inside yes like it, and it better not come in from inside you know that isn't the point of it and yes. I couldn't do I was like this doesn't feel like what I think of as writing at, at that time so I <laughs> Yeah. And it's an important distinction. You're, you're absolutely right. It's like journalism is writing is a part of it. But yeah. to be a journalist, you have to have that fire to investigate and expose right. yeah. and gather information. And, and it's it's a whole different mindset and muscle uh, versus like, I just wanted to write beautiful stories about you know, ballerinas and you know, interesting people. <laughs> and <laughs> Well, it's true because it's like I teach a lot of writing and, you know, journalism is about the world. Like you go out into the world, you write down what you saw, you organize it all. But with writing, I, I always remind my students, like you have to, even though you're writing about something you may have learned about or gone through, you go entirely within. It's all in there. You actually have to forget about your loved ones and your dog and your everything. You have to forget about it all in yeah. order to write. And so it requires a totally different focus, I think, to go creatively. Yeah, for sure. All right. So you said, so to save your soul, to save your sanity, you wrote your, and the first novel was called. <gasps> oh gosh. What was it called? Oh, this never um, saw the light of day. This was your no, trial <laughs> run. <laughs> I think a lot of us have training novels. Sure. Um, of course. And oh my God, it was about a, a girl who was a ballet dancer because we mentioned before I'm a ballet yeah. nerd, right? Right. And she she gets sent to live on the farm out of the big city to live on the farm with her grandparents. And it's about the culture shock of being, oh my God, it was just. <laughs> no, it's all right. You were trying to tell a story. Were you a big reader? Were you a big fiction reader? I, I was, but the funny thing, here's what's hilarious. So my mom was an English teacher ah. and I remember I, I came home and I said, mom, I'm writing a novel. And I said, and it's almost done. And she said, Ooh, can I read it? And I said, yeah, here it is. And it was like 50 pages. I don't, and she really, she was like, <laughs> yeah, she was like, this isn't, what is this? She's like, this is, this is like the start of a novel. And, yeah. and it's funny. Cause, um, 
I don't know, it took a little while for it to click for me, like how to how to tell a story in that kind of a long form, right. if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a whole different it's a whole different way of thinking because it I, I remember when I first wrote my first novel, like I because I'd written other stuff, but they were always shorter form, or even screenplays, which it's different. Uh I couldn't see the beginning and end in my mind. Like I didn't, it took me a while to understand to like somehow hold the whole story somehow mm. in my mind because yeah. I was used to thinking in shorter bursts. So that's a whole thing uh, yeah. that you have to learn. And just, you know, it's the, it, learning to deal with the middle, learning to, what is the end, what is an end and all that. And so, and also for you, Sarah, you had to determine like, what do you want to write about? Like, what do you, what, because a million kinds of stories you can write. And I don't know if you were reading in the same genre or if you were, you know, had a wider palette, but you have to figure that out, right? Yeah, yeah. For me, it was a little easy because, um, again, that that kind of one magical night when I just sat down and, and started it, um, you know, it was funny because the story that just kind of came out was a teenage story. It was a story about a teenager and, and the right. voice felt young and and I was pretty young I was I was in my mid-20s I was pretty yeah. fresh out of college um and so you know for me that always felt pretty natural because um you know and I'm much older now but you know I in in a way I still feel like I'm figuring things out <laughs> well I, I'm always amazed by YA writers who you know can keep finding that teenage voice because it's such a particular thing and and especially if you're writing for young people it's got to be in the here and now you can't place them in the 80s yeah. or the 90s or whatever they so because the people reading it are going to want to read it. and you have to maintain connection to their sensibility yeah right? i mean it's one thing to be 25 i could easily have written about being 16 when i was 25 i mean that just right. felt like yesterday to me in a way right mm -hmm. but but today you know I am writing about something that happened to me, but it's my life. And so it's set in the eighties. And so, you know, it doesn't matter. So yeah. how do you, cause I was reading this and I thought, I know she's not 16. Uh, this <laughs> meaning grave things like love, but I was like, man, she seems to capture it pretty damn well. So um, how do you I, explain yourself? Like, how do you keep that foot in that world? Well, it's easy right now because I have teenagers. I live with them. Ah, Right. Right. You just imitate them. <laughs> uh, well, however, though, they will keep you honest. Um, I One of the keys that I have learned is to keep a bit of distance. I, I try not to put too much like slang and, right, and, right. and try too much to sound like super current because, you know, publishing takes forever anyway. By the time yeah. a book would come out, if I'm using, I don't even know what, you know, and right. something that they're, that the way my kids talk now, it, it'll sound dated then. Um, and you know, if you used based or something like that, right, right. And, and my, and my 13 year old, especially like I, I was trying to talk, you know, for a little bit to, and she was a brutal, like just, just, you know, which is, I appreciate yourself. Don't embarrass me, mom. Please. Well, don't embarrass yourself, mom. Like, like yeah. I would rather be told by my own kid that that I, that that I'm not not really hitting all the right notes than be told right. by some stranger who's like, well, "What is this lady doing? She has no idea." So, but don't you think though that still, I mean, all the the trappings change. Like, I didn't have the internet when I was a teenager. I didn't have a lot of the stuff these teenagers' lives are revolve around, but 
And yes, I'm sure that affects things, but being being a 16, 17, 18 year old, it still is the same thing. There's still relationships are relationships. I mean, there may be more pressures, there may be more expectations sexually or whatever. I don't know. You know, I'm sure that changes and there's all the gender stuff, but it's at core, there is still the question of identity and how do I find my way in the world? And who, I mean, that doesn't really change that much. At least I wouldn't think since when you were say a teenager. No. And, and it's interesting. Cause I, you know, I, like I said, I just sent a, I don't think I just said this, but, um, but, but I will say now I, I just sent a kid to college. She's a freshman now. Ah, and, ah. and, and it is kind of interesting and a little bit uh, reassuring to see how universal some things still are, you know, it's, the, the, the process of thinking through all of, you know, maybe, maybe what you want to do and maybe not knowing and, you know, it's that you're right. That is pretty universal. Um, and uh, that's kind of why I, I, I like to keep writing these stories because I just find that more interesting than some of the challenges that, that, that adults face. I, I don't know. I live, <laughs> I, I live adult challenges and I, I don't really want to write about them. Like at the end of the day, I'm like, right. I, I already, I lived it. I don't need to like spend more time there. <laughs> There's something so pure about the teenage. Cause you're not, you don't have a job yet. Yeah. And school is kind of important, but I don't know. It's not frankly, not yet, not that important quite honestly, because you're getting, you know, colleges when you have to start making some decisions. So there is something sort of nice and, and it's a unique period in our lives. And also, don't you think it's also true, Sarah, that in a way, because we haven't all gone off and gotten our jobs and our careers, there's a kind of weird equality, even though there's clicks and all that, where everybody's in the same school doing the same yeah. thing. We're all kind of in the same place. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. You're, you're kind of in this little, little, not holding pattern is not the right word, but, yeah, but, but you you're in this little bubble there, and to, yeah. before everybody kind of it pops and everybody kind of goes off and becomes kind of who they're going to be. You you are it is this little space where there are so many possibilities, right? Which is which is cool, and um, you know. I think I lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's uh, okay, but well, <laughs> actually, this my next question. So th there's a interesting setting for grave things like love this is a bit of a a little bit of a pun but i think it's it's good it's good okay and that the setting is it's in the midwest it takes place in i forget i forget if you've invented the town or if i can't actually remember where the exact place it's, it's a little town in illinois and i named it after my college roommate it's dodson illinois oh excellent okay but the real set i mean part of the interesting is our is our protagonist our narrator uh, lives in a funeral home, a a a uh, yeah, funeral home. Her father's yep. the, and so this is the setting. There's a lot that causes tension for the character. It's kind of strange but interesting. And then there's a lot of other stuff follows. It's a love story of kind ultimately. But that setting obviously is the point of the story. Now, see, I thought I knew the answer to this question before I started talking to you, and now I don't know. Which was, I thought, there's no way. This woman wrote this story and didn't have some hadn't lived hadn't lived this herself. Okay. But I don't think that's true. Well, so this is where the the journalism training it was was wonderful. Um, what happened was I was stuck in this job in Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh, um, that that I really didn't love, and I was a yeah. transportation reporter, and I was just dying for a chance to do something that was more in within my line of passions. And um, I ended up discovering this family owned funeral home 
um, in the smaller town that I was covering, this big, beautiful Victorian, uh, yellow Victorian house and the funeral home was right in the in the in the bottom floors and then the family lived up lived up above i was fascinated by that and i thought well that would be a really great feature story which which is what i really want to write so yeah they let me spend quite a bit of time there um just kind of soaking up the atmosphere and talking about when was this when how, how long ago was this um this was a decent I mean, like 15 years ago. Yeah, almost, almost. And, you know, the whole, but then I moved before I could write the story. However, that always stayed with me, this idea I was being in this setting and thinking, what would it be like to be a teenager here? Like you growing up in this kind of a setting would be really unique and you would have a really unique perspective on a lot of things and so um i don't know what took me so long to actually write it because i man i've had the idea forever <laughs> sarah i my hat is off to you you did such a good job of capture of certain nuanced stuff that i thought there was no way she would have thought of that unless she had lived that as a teenager i am so impressed so good job <laughs> of capturing a subtle certain subtle tease of what it would be to live in that and you must have really been thinking about it because i i thought okay this part is yeah. so realistic. It's just you don't um, get that realism unless you lived it. And norm, I will say, and normally in YA fiction, the the focus of it is not that kind of thing. It usually goes. So I've nothing wrong, but YA focuses more on the relationships. That's the kind of thing that someone who wants to write a literary novel and really get into what it is will focus yeah. on. And focus on. I thought there's only way. Well, anyway, I'm done praising you, but good job. That was really good stuff. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of? So anyway, the protagonist. So she's in this town, and she's she's got to deal with this. Um, with the fact that she lives in a mortuary. Once I was 13 and I never did this, but I walked this girl home. We were walking home together and I, she, we went to the same school, but I didn't really know her, but somehow we like ended up just sort of side by side and we were talking and I said, well, where are you going? And she said, well, I'm going home. I said, where's that? She said, the cemetery. I was like, what? She says, yeah, what? we live in the cemetery. We like, we, my dad runs the, he's the live in, and I got the sense she was like, I have no friends. <laughs> like, she had seen this. Like I was like, I sensed like in that moment, maybe there was something we were 13, we were starting to date. And it was just like, she was like, I understand. I live in a cemetery. I'm too weird. And she just like took off. And I thought, what a strange life for this poor girl. She had to walk through all the tombstones to get the home. Yeah. That's and like so, a Neil Diamond book. It is. That's, that's right. That's right. So, yes. So, all right. So you said, and so how, so obviously you had that, but then you got a couple of the, you have a story around it, love story, um, among other things. There's, there's some supernatural elements to it, but what do you, do you like love stories? How do you feel about love stories? What's your, are you, are you a consumer of them in some form or another? Here's the thing. I don't usually, my first, my first drafts of stories are not often romances. Um, that's not the difference. Enough. A love story and a romance don't have to be quite the same thing, right? True. Right. It's a different. Yeah, you know. App. For me, the the most important things, honestly, um, the, the things that I find most interesting when I'm first drafting, um, often are are the relationships that the characters have with their friends, and right. uh, and also, you know, with themselves and their setting and kind of what they're trying to figure out about themselves and and the path that they want to go on. Um, and I don't, 
Well, so the, my second, my, my, my book that just came out before this uh, now and when was actually um, plotted from the very beginning to, to, to have a love story because that was very right. integral to the plot. Um, this one, I turned in the first draft and, um, and they were right, but the, but the feedback I got was that it was pretty, pretty much of a downer. It was boring oh, and the, oh, nothing, ooh. nothing really happened. And it was, and um so then i was like okay you know and another good thing about journalism training is like you're fine with hearing feedback like that and right. you're like okay right. so i went back and really just spent some time brainstorming and you know it, i would i didn't put put a love story in there to specifically to make it better and more fun but what it did do was help open up elements of the story because i think you know you know any character really what they need is to be pushed out of their comfort zone right right and they, and they need to be um you know forced to make some decisions or to, to mess up and and find their way out of it and, and be challenged and um the character of xander that i kind of came came upon or brainstormed um not so much of, as a love interest but as somebody that would that would really get elaine motivated well first of all force her sometimes but also motivate her to step away from this kind of role that she's been stuck in and feels stuck in but maybe had not been able to vocalize that to herself right. and others around her until until xander kind of came along and, and and made it happen does that make sense yep oh yeah 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 you also <laughs> You know, part of me like, oh, yeah, you got to do this. You got to do this. But the characters being teenagers in the 21st century interact with each other via text a lot. And I thought, mm -hmm. oh, she's got to figure out like this is a new puzzle for writers to solve. Like, how do I show it is not actually obvious how you represent a text conversation in <laughs> print, like because we've learned dialogue and letters and emails because that's just like another letter but a text it has a different thing to it yeah and and i have never written anything with any text message that included text messages so uh i don't did you how did you work on that did you even think of it as a problem that you had to sort of work out like how you wanted to represent it because there's a fair amount of it I mean, it's enough of it or did you just did you did the editors handle that well, it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, there is so much communication that does take place uh, with with texting. So Virtually. that that's kind of a, in their vernacular that that uh, of, of, of a, oh my gosh, I'll go grab her in a second. <laughs> I think the mailman. Had oh the no! Really? To walk by. What a um, cliche. Okay. Oh gosh. So anyway, um, but but when I'm writing that, then in my manuscript, I just kind of put it, uh, I, I just pick like one format. Like I'm like, okay, it's all going to be caps or it's all going to be right. Um, and to be 100% honest, um, I see how they're laying it out when I get to see my first pass pages. And wow. um, and even then it's it's a challenge because sometimes you'll, you'll need to have like a dialogue tag inside a text. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to make clear who's talking and yeah. then you know they'll lay it out some of the text might be like in kind of like an, a little box that'll denote a text but yeah. then if there's a dialogue text, um i will admit i i'm not sure we've landed on the perfect way to do that i yeah. I, I guess we just have to trust the readers a little bit to kind of go along and and understand you know 
Yeah, reading your book was the first time I thought, how would I do it? How would I want to do it? Like I hadn't even thought of. It. I was like, but you got to do it. Like it's it's going to make more and more. It's going to show up in in fiction, obviously. You know, uh, young adult uh, readers. Now you probably got adult readers, but you probably have young, you know, teenagers too. But I know adults read a lot of YA too. Uh, but mm-hmm. teen readers are a very enthusiastic fan base. Like if you have, I've known people who have just adult fans for the most part, and they'll never hear boo from these people you know <laughs> i mean barely i mean they will a little bit but i knew a writer who went from writing adult suspense to ya suspense and he couldn't believe the difference he just got it was just night and day so yeah. did you hear from your readers is do are you engaged with them do you talk with them on social media like how does that go i mean i'm always i try to be available like i you know i have i have an instagram i have, I have twitter i i you know, going back to what I was talking about with my with my thirteen year old, she's kind of scared me off of TikTok. Just for- TikTok, I TikTok <laughs> is a thing for authors. I there's a bunch of them like making their their hay on TikTok. It's a they, huge, yes, I don't. They do it. They do it so well. They, you know, I I'm jealous of that. I just I just don't see. I haven't found a way yeah. to do it in a way that I feel comfortable with, but um. You know, it is, you do hear, you, you, they, they find, the thing is, if somebody, a teenager likes your stuff, they'll find a way to reach you. So, yeah, you know, um, I, they can get me through my, my website or, or an instant. And so it is always nice when, when someone will reach out and let me know that they, that they liked my book and they, they got something out of it. Do you feel like, cause you've got teenage daughters, are, they, are, are both your kids Girls, are they? Are they? I have two girls. Yeah. So, and most of your readers are probably girls. Um, do you feel a bit like a mom to them? Do you have? Do you feel a little maternal instinct towards your readers when they reach out to you? <laughs> a, a little bit, yes. You know, um, one of the things about writing uh, for young people is you, you, you don't want to come across as as maternalistic in nope. in the work, like nope. you. Yeah, you don't want to seem like you're you want to tell a good story, you want them to enjoy it, you want them to identify, but but you don't want to sound like the mom with a lesson who's going right. to come in and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um so when your readers reach out, you don't tell them to make sure they eat their vegetables and stay away from boys who <laughs> wear leather jackets or whatever. <laughs> no, I I just I just try to be I I, I would like to be a safe a safe voice like a safe and and somebody somebody that that is a um i don't know just just a voice of encouragement and safety if that makes sense that's nice Um, i I like that that's good that is a good goal i think all right so grave things like love drops today today it's out there go get it for your some young person you know loves to read, get it for yourself. You know you read this stuff. You know you do. <laughs> you know you do. I'm watching a series with my wife right now for, I think, aimed at young Koreans, like t- teenage Korean girl. We just are totally hooked on it. Called Hello it My Twenty Hello My Twenties. And we oh. can't we're we're watching season two of it. We're so hooked on it. It's a strange series, but there we are. So you never know. So you see, we're a bunch of old fogies and we like it. Um, all right. So congratulations. I hope you have lots of fun uh, talking to your readers, getting out there, but I'm not quite through with you. Um, what do I want you to do? I want you to finish the sentence. If writing, all the writing you've done, even your journalism, particularly your creative writing, has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Uh, don't be afraid to rip it all up and start again. Oh. You can do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> you did it with your life. You ripped yes. it all up. You started again. So you got to do it with a draft sometimes. Yes, exactly. You know, it's like, don't don't be too in love with, with anything that you do. It can always be improved and it can always... Yeah, it, it, it's it's a journey. That's that's definitely for sure. That is some good advice. Sarah, thank you so much. Yes, thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. Yeah, you got to rip it up. You got to do it. You got to just do it. Sometimes if it's not if it's not what you want, if it doesn't satisfy you, admit it. Don't be afraid. It's okay. You got to do it. I've done it. Boy, have I done it. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice from old Sarah. So, so there you go. That was a lot of fun. I'll be back again next week with another one. And, uh, well, I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries. Thank you, my friend. And to all of you out there, all of you, I want you to go find something you love to do and do it. <laughs>